Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 136, Missy's Change Story. How hives and terror will corrupt the fact that life is impersonal. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. Um, I don't even know what to say about this episode, and I think I'm going to try my hardest, which is hard for me, to not say much. I'm going to I'm going to let Missy's story um, speak for itself. Missy um, has been in my our community for a while now, a couple years by the time we recorded this episode, and we've seen just enormous change that you'll hear about. And yes, a lot has changed on the outside. The things she was struggling with are no longer concerns, but that barely scratches the surface. And that's true for everyone I talk with here. That's the beauty of of going deeper than fixing something. And um, Missy has definitely, definitely gone far deeper than fixing something. And it's it's amazing to hear. So I, I can't wait to share this episode and Missy with you. Enjoy. Hi, Missy. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hey, Amy. I am super excited to do this. Yeah, me too. Um, you, you've been on my mind for a long time. Obviously, I've been lucky enough to see so much change with you in the last couple of years. And um, I've known for a long time wow, there's going to be a day when it's so obvious that I need to beg Missy to come on the podcast <laughs> and tell her story. And that day actually came a long time ago, but it, we're just getting around to this now. So um, yeah, so I'm really excited for people to hear from you. So maybe to kind of kick us off, just tell everyone a little bit about um, kind of where you were when you were sort of like when we came in touch or when you came in touch, even not with me, but just with this understanding in general, kind of what, what was going on for you at your hardest time. And then we'll look at how things have changed. So I guess to sort of put it in a condensed version, um, my whole life, I was definitely um, very much a perfectionist, an overachiever, first child, did the whole, you know, straight A's and summa cum laude graduate, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I always had that low level buzz of anxiety in me. But I always thought, well, anxiety must be good because it's pushing me so hard to do these great things and to achieve and to make sure I never fall behind. Um, and so that anxiety was always there. I think I swear from birth but I just felt like it worked for me. So I didn't address it. And then um, at the very end of 2017, out of nowhere, I'd always been very healthy, like just super healthy. Um, I came down with chronic hives and um, literally just out of nowhere. And I mean, I was covered in them. I mean, I'm talking my scalp, eyelids, lips, bottoms of my feet, palms of my hands. And um, I didn't know what in the world happened. So I uh, went to the doctor and they um, gave me some medicine and it worked for, you know, maybe a week or so. And then I was giving a big presentation and presentations were all like, I think some people would think, well, maybe you were just so stressed about the presentation, but presentations had always been like my thing. It's where I could shine. And so I always looked forward to presentations and it wasn't a big deal for me. And the presentation I was giving that December um, was one I had given a whole bunch of times, but it was to a, you know, fairly substantial audience. And um, I had hives when I woke up and I was super itchy and I was so uncomfortable, but in true Missy form, I pushed forward and thought, you know, you do things at all costs. And I went, and I will never forget because it was December 6th, uh, 2017. And um, that's when everything kind of crashed. And in the middle of my presentation, I could see people looking at me funny and I could feel like I felt weird um, physically. And then suddenly my face and my lips started swelling up 
pretty substantially as if I was having a severe allergic reaction. And um, I ended up going to the ER and they shot me up with all kinds of stuff and put me, you know, I had to get EpiPens. And um, for whatever reason, at that moment, the most unbelievable fear I've ever felt in my life um, settled in. And uh, that fear turned into despair and then depression. And um, the only thing I can could call it then was paralyzing terror. And I would try to describe it early on when I went to see my first therapist as it felt like someone had a gun to my head. And at any moment, they would pull the trigger if I looked away. So I could never, ever stop looking at hives or potential for swelling. Because if I looked away, someone might pull the trigger. That's how desperate and um, terrified I was. I lived in terror. So it's, it's it, interesting. Sorry to interrupt. It's, it's interesting um, with that, you know, that, that that's just how it kind of, the thinking you had about it, the way it showed up, that be constantly vigilant, mm-hmm. given what you said that almost since the womb, it feels like you were always sort of constantly vigilant of doing the right thing and being the good girl. So just in that way, I don't know if it looks like that to you, but it's like just kind of what was already running just got super magnified, Mm -hmm. it sounds like. That's exactly how I see it now. The program was there. The program, I think, was there for (laughs) generations before me. Um, And this was like the super shot, like the adrenaline being shoved into the program that took a program that was already intense and just magnify it, you know, by a thousand. So um, that's really kind of how it started was I lived in this 24-7 terror and I watched my world get very small. And I did all the things you do to fight in the beginning. And I went to functional doctors and I went to... I mean, we spent thousands and thousands, probably 10, like, I don't even want to say how much money, so much money on um, specialists and all kinds of like alternative doctors and alternative medicines. And I mean, I did that whole route and I was given all kinds of crazy labels. Like, I I, I don't know, I probably had like 500 labels, not really, but it felt like it. Um because I just desperately wanted this to be gone. I wanted the hives to be gone. I wanted the swelling to be gone. And I wanted that sense of um, gun to the head fear. Like fear doesn't seem to do it justice. I was in terror. I lived in terror. Um, And so after about a year of trying everything else, I even tried... um, like psych meds for I think six weeks. I went on Lexapro um, because my GP just said, you got to do something. And so even though I've always been kind of anti-meds, I I did it and um, I tried it for six weeks and I thought there's got to be something else I can do. There's got to be another answer. Like I just was cracked so wide open, um, which of course now I know was the greatest gift of my entire life. And I found you in like December, January-ish timeframe of December, uh, like a year later. So basically a year of hell, hell, like hell seems like a Disney world compared (laughs) to what that year was. Um, In that time, in that time, did it look to you, like to what extent did you sort of know or think this was anxiety related, psychosomatic? I'm sure you were hearing all that. Yes. But then you were also looking for physical causes and environmental causes, I assume, and everything. So where was your head in all that in terms of what this was about? It's funny you ask that. So at first, I saw no relation to stress, anxiety, psychosomatic. That that did not enter my head in the beginning. I thought it had to do with like, I had just gone to Mexico and you know, was exposed to something there. We discovered mo- toxic mold in my house. I attributed to that. Like I did all the external factors. It has to be this, has to be this, which yeah. none of that was true. And then this was before, right before um, I found you, I noticed that if I drank wine, like if I had really bad hives 
And then I had a couple glasses of wine. They went away. Hmm. And I thought that was weird. Yeah. And then I noticed, um, like I had really bad hives one morning and I went somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but someone said something that triggered the most like hopeful. Oh, I went to see a new doctor and she said, oh my gosh, like this is nothing. You're, these are going to be gone in no time. And as I was sitting in her office, all the hives like literally vanished and my skin was perfect. Wow. And I started like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. There's, there's something here. Yeah. And that's, um, it opened the door. And at the same time, it sent me on a new rabbit hole of, oh, if this is me, if I'm doing this to myself, I need to avoid fear and stress at all costs. And then that sent me, of course, on a new <laughs> yeah. a new rabbit hole. But yes, I did see very early on that there had to be a connection with what I was thinking. Because when I drank wine and I was sort of out of my head, right? they literally vanished within minutes. So had you experienced before this, had you been through periods of anxiety or depression or any of that in your life? Or like you were always a little high, high strung, it sounds like, but had mm-hmm. you, did you think of yourself as like someone who had been through anxiety before? Um, I can look back now and retrospect and see periods of anxiety. And, you know, I talked to my parents about it and they said, yes, like apparently, which I don't remember in fifth grade, they said, I went through such horrible anxiety um, they almost pulled me out of school. Like my, I would have stomach aches all the time, yeah. but then that faded away and middle school and high school were great. College was great. Um, but I could see other little chunks of time where I just had super high anxiety. But again, my perfectionistic tendency and my obsession with um, self-image. I mean, I was obsessed with what do people think of me? What do people think? Does everyone else like me? Does everyone else think I'm doing a good job? Am I perceived as intelligent? Like I was so obsessed with that, that even in those bouts of anxiety, um, I pushed through. Like it was more important, no matter what the discomfort was, that the appearance was there, that I was on top of everything and everything was fine in my world. So how do you see that? Now, I mean, again, I'll say just what comes up for me is like, you know, because and you could be describing me, by the way, our lives are so similar. (laughs) And as a kid, it's like I had stomach aches and all the little physical stuff. That's what a kid knows is my tummy hurts. You know, a kid doesn't Mm -hmm. know I'm feeling anxious. And so it's just interesting. Uh, Firstborn, all the same stuff. (laughs) But anyway, we... um like you push it away and you override it. And it just, Mm -hmm. we tell stories, oh, it's motivating and you just do more. Does it look to you now like um, like what happened in 2017 was just all of that coming to a head? Yes. Yeah. I feel like looking back, um, so I've always loved this Bible study in my church for years and years. And I we always had this metaphor where we would say life or God will throw a pebble and then you get a rock and then you get a brick and then you get the whole damn house. Just dropped on you. And we've always said this, just like that. And um, I felt like, in hindsight, I can look back and I can see those little pebbles and the rocks. And I feel like life um, had to throw the whole damn house on me. Like I, I was wired and so programmed to always put image ahead of anything else. And so I just kept pushing. It took something that destroyed my image. I think, you know, I've, I've met other people with hives and they were like, uh, what's the big deal? Like, really? Yeah. That's what rocked your world? It had to be something that I, that would affect my image. It was brilliant. Like it was the most brilliant life um, giving gift I could have been given more hives and swelling because nothing else um, was big enough to get my attention. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's just, and we hear that so much. I mean, it's the thing you least want is what you get, but it's the thing you most need. It's yeah. what I needed. I had yeah. to have it. Wow. It's like, it was, it's the greatest gift of my life. 
Wow. Okay. So, um, so when you first were on to the fact, okay, this is a mind thing and this is a anxiety thing or whatever. Um, yeah. Say a little bit as we get into kind of how this became to look the way it does now, like the greatest gift of your life. <laughs> um, yeah. What were some of the rabbit holes you got into or trying to get your mind to be quiet or fix it once you saw that it was yes. more of a mental thing? So when I started noticing that my thoughts um, really had so much to do with my hives. Um, I fell into this rabbit hole of, okay, well, that's an easy fix. Control my thoughts. Like, how easy could that be? Like, I'll just not think about hives. I won't get stressed and I will be relaxed all the time. For sure. Well, all costs, no matter how hard I have to work at it, right? I will be relaxed because damn it, I'm gonna relax. Damn it, no matter what, like don't get in my way. I'm gonna relax, and so I did all these things, like took up yoga and meditation, and I mean, there were moments that it seemed to work because I was relaxed. Now I know that was just a fluke. I mean, you go through cycles, just natural energy cycles of relax and not relax. Um, and then my other thing was, I felt like I had to keep emotions away at all costs because I thought I noticed one morning um, when my youngest daughter Parker told me something that was um, like very emotional I went from fine, like I was just like getting dressed and doing makeup and hair and having a decent morning. This was like in 2018, 19, 18, um, when I was working on controlling my thoughts. And she said something upsetting. And within like, I don't know, three or four seconds, I was covered in hives. Like I was so, it upset me. Yeah. And I thought, okay. Note to self, don't get upset. Don't hear anything emotional. Don't see anything emotional. So I, I made my world very, very, very small so that nothing could upset me, stress me out. I was all about boundaries. I need to set up boundaries. I need to make my world very small. I, you know, I did all that. And um, again, how perfect. I mean, how perfect that I did that. It, I don't look back now and say, God, why did I do all that? That was so stupid. I wish I hadn't done it. That was part of the, the unlearning that I had to go through. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, grateful, grateful for that probably six, eight months I spent desperately trying to control thoughts because I needed it. I needed that level of suffering too. And it showed you, I assume, that that's not, there's got to be a better way. It's like yes. we do the best we can see and then we get pushed to the next level. That's exactly what happened. I had to exhaust that. I had to. Like, I, yeah. looking back, it couldn't have been any other way. Um, I had to keep banging my head against the door for six or seven or eight months going, I'm sure this can work. Bang. I'm sure this can work. Yeah. I had to see from myself controlling thoughts is not, not only does it not work, it's not possible. And it, it kind of makes things worse, but I had to, I had to see it for myself and I did. Yeah. And And that's when it all changed. And I love just for people listening, like, it's so obvious as you say that, like, you know yourself, you know how, th- how the reality you lived in, how life looked, mm-hmm. and that for you, those steps and the, you know, were necessary as it looks right yeah. now. So just, you know, it's not that universally we all have to go through it any oh, no. certain way, but yes, you know for yourself that you did. For me, I think, because again, that programming from birth, I was so, um, like bullheaded and so stubborn and so like so sure that I knew how life should be that yeah I think maybe it took me average than the longer the I mean longer than the average bear <laughs> to yeah. to learn some of these things because I was very um, very strong willed yeah so how how was it when you started to see some of this did that feel like that happened quickly or slowly or both or how did that go um I think little bits of it happened quickly. I remember the first time I kind of caught a glimpse 
Um, and I can't remember which call it was, but you or Amanda said something about how the feelings are never telling you what the, what you think they're telling you. And the first big aha that I saw was that those feelings of like urgency and um, overwhelm and despair and freaking out. I genuinely thought like to my core that those feelings were giving me information about something that was going wrong in the world, in my body, in my psychology. Like I took those feelings very seriously. Like, oh, this is my intuition telling me something's wrong. Yeah. And then I remember the very first time I, I glimpsed for a second. Oh, wait a second. These, these feelings of urgency and overwhelm are not telling me anything truthful about my life that I see. They're only telling me I'm caught up in believing something that's not true. I'm caught up in my head. I'm listening to a story-making machine and I'm investing in the stories. And I remember that, um, like I wanted to cry, like a good cry, because I thought, how did I go 40 at that point in time, maybe 48 years, whatever I was, and how did I not know that? Like, how did I make it 48 years and not understand that feelings of stress and overwhelm and anxiety and urgency are always only pointing to one thing, which is I'm caught up believing in some stories my head's telling. I'm investing in something that's not me. And they're there, like the way I try to explain it to somebody, and this might sound crazy. It's like, you know, when they put right, um, rats or mice in the maze, in a maze and they put like a piece of cheese at the end and the my, the mouse has to get through this crazy maze. It's like someone being so kind as to put in some walls that have like really prickly, sharp, jagged, horrible things. So the mouse knows, hey, don't go that way. The prize isn't that way. And that's like so kind because you're really just trying to help. What I saw very clearly was that life was putting those jagged, sharp, sticky things in walls, not to hurt me, but to say, wait, Missy, no, 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 not this route. We're pointing you go a different way. But it took 48 years of me going, no, let me smash into the prickly things first. Let me smash, you know. Yeah. It was huge. That It was the hugest thing to see. Those feelings are like lanterns. They're, they're guides. They're beautiful and brilliant. And they're, they're perfect. It's I, I just, uh, again, it comes back to how it was a pebble and then a brick and then the whole damn house because, <laughs> you know, you had those forever and that was your MO was like, just push harder. That's what, it, and, and for so many of us, I mean, even people who aren't overachiever type A'ers like us, like for everyone, we mm-hmm. feel a little suffering and we do, we look out there and we say, what do I need to fix so that I can be bigger than it? Mm-hmm. And, and really, I love what you're saying. It's like, no, what we're, what we're doing when we do that is saying, oh, how can I be bigger than life? Like, why don't we flip that around and lose the life in a new way? Yes. And I guess that so eloquently takes us to like that next step where the magic started. So I, it's like I went from hell, 2018, just pure hell which now I call pure gift, the, the most miraculous thing in my whole life, to finding this understanding, joining Little School of Big Change and seeing those glimpses of, oh, wait a second, I have this all wrong. And then somehow <laughs> the magic started. And I would say the magic started for me, the, that miraculous um, 
I don't know, fireworks or whatever you want to call it. Magic is all I can call it. Um, really started unfolding for me. I would say by like 2000, mid 2019, maybe is when it really, the layers started peeling away. The veils started. It was like someone kept coming in and pulling back the curtain for a second and going, Hey, Missy, take a look what, what's behind the curtain just for a second. And I would get those like butterfly landings of, Oh my gosh, there's something beyond what my five senses are telling me. There is something beyond what I've been told to believe for 48, 49 years. There's something bigger living me and breathing me. And I don't know, each moment that would happen, of course, it would just be for a minute at first or a second. But you just know when you know. It was the most expansive, beautiful feelings that would happen. And then they would go away. And then I would have a crash. And um, I'm sure you remember all my posts <laughs> in um, the forum about trust the crashes, trust, just for God's sake, trust the crashes. Don't fight the crashes. Yeah. Because the best little nuggets of miracles and magic follow the crashes. And I learned um, to get excited about the crashes. And when I say crashes, I guess that sounds weird. Um, crashes for me would be like um, a, a fall back into the pit of despair or getting really super caught up in massive anxiety or terror or fear for a little while. And I would think at first, oh my God, I thought I was over this. And I learned so quickly the spiral. No, you're at the backside of the spiral. Like trust the crashes. The crashes are miraculous. If you have this beautiful insight in this high like you have, not you have to, but it's awesome if you have a crash after because it means you're hitting the springboard to jump even higher and then fall, hit the springboard and jump higher. And I'm telling you, Amy, it's like by mid 2019-ish, the insights and the miracles and the pieces of magic like came at me faster and faster and faster. I, I could barely keep up with them. And, you know, by I think November 2019 was my last flare of symptoms. So that's been like, I don't know, 14 months, I guess. Yeah. And before wow. that, it was even not that often. You know what right. I mean? Like when right. I had a flare in November, it had been like maybe five months, before, you know, since yeah. like it just got less and less until they just went away. And, um, and it's not, I think they went away. And I used to hate when people said, would say this because it's not a to-do. I recognized that my desperation to make them go away was the thing holding them in place. Mm -hmm. My desperate need to make something in the world of form go away to find peace. It just makes sense now. Of course, they had to stay. Life is so kind and life is so generous. It's like I realize now what I am. And it's like life, my, my true form, my true identity, who I am is peace and happiness at my core. Before all the thoughts get piled on and before all the learning. And it's like... um if someone, like if I am peace and freedom and endless possibilities and all these things, and yet my mind is saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. In order to be peaceful, you need to get rid of this and you must have this. Well, if I get it, if I, if I got rid of all my hives and said, oh, yay, now I have peace. Well, that's not very good because... Right. I missed out on the real miracle, which is life going, no, 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 no. It's like you have said, Amy, and every religious tradition, spiritual practice has said, you're in the world. 
You're not of it. And life gives you these amazing opportunities to take these little peeks behind the curtain and see, oh my gosh, oh my God, like I'm not of the world. I'm in it. I love it. I'm immersed. I love my job. I love my family. I love relationships. I love creating. And that's bigger than it's ever been in my life. My immersion in life. My God, I just jumped out of an airplane a couple months ago. Like <laughs> I, I look for everything. To, like I want to do everything. I want to do everything. I want to go everywhere. I want to try everything. Because I see now I'm not of the world. I'm in it. Yeah. And everything opens up when you start getting those glimpses of being of the world and yet, I mean, in the world and yet not of it. It's like, if you could see my face, I know listeners on podcast <laughs> can't, like I, I have this like grin that hurts my jaw because it's like, I just want to shake people and go, oh my gosh, please wake up. Please wake up, please. Yeah. The other side of waking up, like you're going to go through the shit. Yes. But it's so great. It's like years ago when I was training for back-to-back -back half marathons and I had a personal trainer and you know how personal trainers, they push you and you hurt. And then you finally reach a new level and you can plateau and they're like, all right. We're going to crank it up. Well, that's what I went through. Like I went through, oh, thank God. I finally hit a level of peace. And it's like life came in and said, you did great. Well, let's ramp it up now. Yeah. And each level brings you like closer to this, um, more, just having the curtain peeled back. So you get to see what is beyond just what the mind tells you. And it's, Oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing. Like life on this side of waking up is, um, it's phenomenal. It's, it's been so fun to watch all those plateaus that you hit and then the next level. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of your crashes, right? So even as you say, it's been 14 months since the last flare up. I mean, it seemed like it was at least a couple of years, has been at least a couple of years since it was, this had anything to do with hives. Like it oh, was yeah. for a while, right? It that was. was in the back of your mind, but it was so cool to see you quickly get to like, whoa, I, I don't know what it is yet, but I know there's way more going on here than something on my skin. Yeah. And yeah. Clearly. And then there's been so many <laughs> levels of that. And, and yes, your crashes, I think are just so helpful for people to hear about because, you know, when you just think about it, I mean, a layer gets peeled back. You feel this whole new level of expansiveness just in, and again, I know this sounds a little vague maybe to people listening, but all we're talking about is Missy just exploring everything we talked about here on this podcast. Like just her yeah. being in, like she wasn't doing, you know, drugs or anything. This is just about like being in this conversation, right? About That's all it was. who we it was are and present. how we work. Yeah. And just, I just kept listening. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I would get, I remember the early days when I would get so pissed when people would say like, um, just be still with it and just, and I'm like, what the hell? No, I have like gun to my head terror, Yeah. but something just had me stay and listen and listen. And, um, the beliefs, I, I mean, the belief systems that have fallen away, just fallen away, dissolved, are mind-blowing. Things that I thought were true my entire life, things that I look at my, you know, family members, my entire family tree, that they still hold these beliefs so tightly. And it's so cool to see things just dissolve and vanish. It's, it's, yeah. it's miraculous. And, and while you didn't make that happen, obviously no. we, we can't, you woke up to it, as you say, mm -hmm. you didn't, you didn't do it. Um, it's still, I think helpful to note, and maybe for you to see if you don't recognize this yourself, that what, like your role in it 
if we want to give you a role, we can we could go down a rabbit hole with with all yeah. the language. But <laughs> I figure we won't go down that rabbit hole. No, no. But what? But what? From how I see it on the outside, like what you do, what you're so great at is following where there is excitement. I mean, look, to even jump out of an airplane is, is another example. But when you get enthusiastic or excited about something or you sense there's something there, you dove right in. And, and initially it was because you had that gun to your head kind of fear and you just wanted help. But after a while, it wasn't that at all. It was like, ooh, where's more? Where's more? And, and you know, that might just be part of your personality. I don't know, maybe most people would do that. But that's... I just see that as being such a huge factor for you. You were in the school, you did other things, you've taken other courses, you've worked with coaches, you've read books and and not, again, not out of a desperation. It was no. so cool to see that flip to where it was like, wow, look at her passion, just lead her right through the right people to talk with and the right things to do. Yes. And I will say Amanda Jones was one of those first ones and she, you know, coaches with you and... um she was one of the very first ones that blew my mind open. And I was so grateful yeah. because when I went to her for coaching, our first coaching call, I remember hanging up thinking, she is batshit crazy. Like she, <laughs> she is a looney tune. And then I signed up for like a thousand more. Right. <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> when can like, I talk again? <laughs> something in there is true. And I tell you what, like from there, and then I, she introduced me to Claire Diamond, which opened up more space. And um, yes, I get giddy. And it, I, it probably sounds so crazy to some people to be so giddy about this. Um, but I feel like my life is not even recognizable compared to the life I lived for the first 48 years internally. Mm-hmm. Outside, I had the same husband, the same three kids, the same, you know, yeah. like people on the outside aren't going to say that much is different. Um, but I see the world so different. I see life so completely different now. Um, everything. I literally see everything through a different set of goggles, a different virtual reality helmet is on. And the other thing I will say, um, that was a big, big door opening for me. And again, this might sound weird um, at first, but the very first glimpse I got that experience is not mine. I don't own it. It's not personal. So many doors from that point opened up at once. It was like when I saw that as a rock solid truth, experience is never personal. It does not belong to me. Experience isn't mine. It was like suddenly, I love how you say you can get up in that airplane. I got up 30,000 feet in that airplane. And when you can hold experience at a distance, then it is not yours. Mm -hmm. You don't own it. It's not personal. And you can hold it and look at it. Everything changes. And when that door opened, 10,000 more doors fell away. Uh, for Everything me too. Changed. I love that so much. I, I reflect on that a lot lately. And I do feel like without putting the dots together, it, like for me, my eight-year binge eating habit, that's what did it. If I had to look back, it was like to see, oh, this is just a machine doing some stuff and me thinking it's all about me. So yeah. it shows up in different people in different ways, through different conversations, through the conversation of who is you, if there is a you, like maybe there is no you to have experience. It shows up through all kinds of different conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so much at the core for so many people, you know, that it's not personal. Like it's just life playing out. It is not about us. And when that is the case and you see that, like I kind of saw it for a little while, but when I really saw it, Life can't ever go back to being the way it was. Am I like, I don't sit around worrying. Am I going to fall back into that old? Like, it it would be like suddenly me baking cookies for Santa Claus on Christmas Eve and sitting at the chimney going, Oh my God, is Santa Claus going to (laughs) come? Like, when you see it and you know it, I I have, there's no doubt in my mind that I, I will never go back. 
I will never ever be the Misty I was before that veil was sort of dropped. The curtain was pulled back and there was a seeing that life is lifing. Life is just playing out. None of it is personal. And it's, it's not, to me, it's not neutral. It's awesome. It's happiness. It's joy. It's excitement. Life is lifing for the purpose of expansion, for the purpose of happiness, for the purpose of excitement. And as soon as I could stop digging around in what I consider now like my toy box, like a little wooden toy box is my brain. And so I always was afraid to stop going through the brain, looking in my toy box for answers, because I was terrified that if I did that, nothing would have my back. And now what I see is, Life is actually like this Pacific Ocean compared to my toy box. And when I just get the hell out of the toy box, I have, I know there's a knowing now. Life does life so much better than this little thing in my head does. And it just, God, everything opens up. Life just expands exponentially. And you finally get to see the joy and the freedom and the peace that are, that you are, that just, that you are. It's miraculous. It is. I'm so giddy <laughs> just having this conversation. So, okay. So, so aside from jumping out of an airplane, which yes. is, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> I was amazing. <laughs> what else has opened up? Like from this place of, oh my gosh, it's not about me or for me or anything. Like, Life is lifing and it can do it better than I can. What how what has shown up in your life from that? Everything has shown up in my <laughs> life. Um as soon and I I'm gonna say it the regular way. Um as soon as I took my hand off the wheel. Um, but now I'm gonna say it the way that I really see it, which is as soon as hands were taken off the wheel, it had nothing to do with a missy doing it. Once that happened and life was no longer constricted and kind of filtered through this little toy box of a mind, everything just grew. Um, a, a business idea just appeared that never would have occurred to this little toy box of a missy mind. Never. Like, and then within, I think, minutes, literally, of the business idea popping into existence, there was a typing on Facebook, a, like, there was no, oh my God, what am I doing? Should I do this? What will people think? People are going to think I'm crazy for putting a business idea out on Facebook in the middle of a pandemic when people are losing jobs. And my husband had lost his job. Um, So we were on, you know, there was some shakiness going on in terms of our financial stability and um, the idea of creating something out of thin air and putting it on Facebook. And then immediately I would say, so in minutes of this popping into existence, it went on Facebook. Within minutes of it going on Facebook, I was getting hundreds, well, not at first, dozens of private messages. I went in on that business. I went in on that business. This is genius. This is genius. How do I get in? How? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this, is, this is taking off. Like, this business is now happening. And in a matter of from that, I went straight into giving presentations to t- groups of total strangers um, who invited me to come to various locations um, and speak to their parent groups, their whatever, neighborhood groups. So I was right back on the saddle, right back up on the horse giving presentations, uh, beaming through them, just beaming through them. And then at the end of all these presentations, um, I had so many offers to be part of this business that then I had to whittle it down and choose the people that I wanted to bring on board. And um, this business idea of mine has just exploded. And now my days, my work are, um, my work is amazing. My work is, 
I don't know, people tease me all the time that I have like the Disney World job. And it is. I have like Disney World job. It's <laughs> it's exhausting physically. It is oh my gosh, like I fall into bed at night, collapse physically. I'm so exhausted, but it's the best job only life itself could have come up with the minute that I quote got out of the way. And I hate that saying cuz I didn't get out of the way it's a layer of believing who I was fell away. Yeah. And, um, this, this came to be, it was, it was always there waiting. It was just waiting for the right moment for enough layers of this missy to fade away. And then it was like, boof, it just burst through like, thank God, this has been here for ages, generations, who knows, but we've got the space. Life finally can just stretch its little arms out and go, all right, let's create businesses and jump out of planes and do crazy shit that just, it just (laughs) happens. And I get to, to watch it unfold. It's, I don't know. I think the two words I use most now are miraculous and magic. So it's probably, that's probably hyperbolic. I don't know, but I use a lot of hyperbole now out of just genuine, excitement for life. Life is just like, time goes by way too fast now. I just, I want to have like three more lives now. Yeah. I love that. I I know that feeling of like, oh my gosh, it's so, I'm not saying I live there 24 seven, but have, but being in that of like, wow, it is so amazing to be alive. And I don't ever want to die, not out of a fear of dying, but like, I don't want this party to end. And then other times, not so much, you know, but so, so is that how it's been for you? Like you, life's living through you, all this awesome stuff's coming through. Do you still have those little moments where Missy's back (laughs) wanting to, wanting to drive? (laughs) Yes. Here's the difference. I have moments still of, um, I guess what I would call terror. No, terror is not the right word. I have moments where my mind goes, gets very busy and says, um, in fact, it happened today. My daughter um, made a reference to this restaurant she wants to go to um, for her last night. Cause my two older daughters getting ready to finally, thank God, move back to college. They've <laughs> They've been home <laughs> since the pandemic. So we've had a family of five again, living in this house and having two adults come back has been a, a, a challenge. And this was curious that it was today, um, just out of nowhere. She said, oh, I know where I want to go for my last dinner before I go back to college. And she named the restaurant. And it was a restaurant where I had a really bad flare a couple of years ago. And I just haven't been back, not because of any reason, just it's not a restaurant that we normally go to as a family. And in that instance of her saying the name of the restaurant, Bonefish Grill, which I love, there was this whoosh of, um, all I could call it is remembering, a whoosh of remembering and that little mind coming in and saying, Missy, remember, there's something negative associated with that. Mm. But So yes, it happened. I mean, I'm still human. I'm like, of course. Yeah. My mind still works. It still talks. It still says, watch out. That's going to be really bad. Be careful. This person is going to blah, blah, blah. My mind is still a normal human mind that works just like everybody else's. It still tells stories and it still loves to talk and it still likes to go down rabbit holes. The difference is how quickly now, um, I know what it is. I remember what it is. And that feeling that came up and crunched me for that second of like, oh my, that visceral feeling of fear for a second mm-hmm. when she said the name of the restaurant. It literally took me maybe three or four seconds to remember, oh yeah, the visceral feeling right. has nothing to do with the restaurant. The visceral feeling is the lantern back home. The visceral feeling is the thing in the mouse little maze, the prickly walls going, no, 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 don't come this way. Freedom's not here. And then I, it literally just, it dissipated. So 
the the good thing in that I think is um, I'm not afraid of the fear, if that makes sense. So yes, do I still get afraid? Absolutely. Do I still have moments of like peak anxiety? Absolutely. It's just that I know what it is now. And so I don't, I don't fear the anxiety or the fear like I used to. It yeah. comes up and it goes. And it's it a great, yeah, go ahead. I was just say it's a great description because so many people ask this, you know, and everybody's curious, what's it like, you know, what's, what is it like to feel fear if you're not afraid of it and all of that, you know, but it is a really, just a really great way of what I hear and how you're saying it. It's like, well, life is still living and experience mm-hmm. is still arising. I just yeah. experience it. You know, my experience of it is just really, really different than it used to be. And ironically, I would say that um, experience is like a thousand times brighter, more colorful. Like I cry now. I never was really a crier, but I love to cry now. Like I will <laughs> ball. And like Hamilton, the um, living uptown scene where they, I mean, <laughs> I was hyperventilating crying at that scene. And um, there was another movie I watched the other day and I was just bawling and I love it. Like crying is, grief is so much I don't know. It's bigger and, and happiness is bigger and, and fear is still big. It's just, I hold it now because I remember experience is not mine. It doesn't belong yeah. to me and it's not ever personal. So I know we're wow. coming up on time. Yeah, no, I'll that's let a, you wrap it up. That's an amazing ending. That's awesome. Thank you so much for this whole conversation. I think, um, I don't know. I can't wait for people to hear it. <laughs> There's so much in it, so much in it. And so much just for people listening that that it, it shows, I think, it's just not about a thing we learn and wrap our heads around. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. listening and like, like Missy has a huge smile on her face, I have a huge <laughs> smile on my face the whole time. Like just be in the feeling of that because there is just, there's just so much that you're living from this and it's, it's awesome to see. Thank you, Amy. I'm sorry I took so long. I really didn't mean no, to. No, it's awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate this. This has been so much fun. And oh my gosh, I just love you and the whole Little School of Big Change so much. And um, it's transformed my life. So thank you. If you want to change story like what you just heard from Missy, and seriously, after that conversation, I know you do, join us in the Little School of Big Change. The school opens for its spring course today, March 1st. You're right on time. You're not late at all. Enrollment is actually open through this Thursday, March 4th. 98% of people who go through the six-week course say they're happy with their choice to join. And 95% say that what they saw in the school put them on the path to lasting change. Go to the littleschoolofbigchange.com to enroll. And I can't wait to start supporting you in the school. 